Hey, I, I heard a pastor um, years ago say a question that he asked his, his children regularly. So he asked his children this question regularly, and I find it very helpful, and it's one that I ask myself, and one that when I think about it, I ask my kids as well, and it's this question, how is your heart? How is your heart? I think that question, you know, how are you is a different question, right? How are you is like, well, I'm good. But when you say, how's your heart? It causes you to think a little bit more, like what's going on inside? Like how, how, how am I really? Like what's, how is my heart doing? And I don't know what your heart is feeling this morning or kind of how this week, how, how you've processed this week. It's been a crazy week, right? At least nationally with the news and everything, it's been kind of a wild week. And I know that many people might be feeling anxiety. They might be feeling, you know, all kinds of different feelings. I mean, there's, there, but in particular, I want to talk a little bit about worry this morning because I think we had boarded up shop windows at one point this week. You know, people were prepared for unrest in our streets. Um, obviously, the election happened and, and all of that. And we get to this point where, where you start to feel these events around us, and they weigh us down a little bit. And you might have felt anxious at some point this week. You might have felt worried at some point this week. You might be feeling worried now. I came across a fantastic quote by a retired congressman named Ed Foreman, and he said this, worry is the misuse of your imagination. Isn't that a great quote? Worry is the misuse of your imagination. In other words, there's a proper use of your imagination, and then there's a misuse, and worry is the misuse. So many times our worries have to do with what-ifs, hypothetical future situations, concerns about something that may or may not happen, and we, we let our imaginations just run, run wild with stuff. What if something happened to this person I care about? How would I ever deal with that? What if I run out of money at some point? Or what if I end up losing my job? And we, we, we let our imaginations run wild on these things and we begin to be burdened and carry this stuff on our shoulders. And it, it brings us to this point where we, we find ourselves just overwhelmed with worry oftentimes. And so how's your heart this morning? How are you feeling? How are you doing? When it comes to this worry emotion or feeling, like how are you doing with that? How are, what are your worry levels at? We're going to talk about that this morning in the context of our series through the Lord's Prayer. Revolutionary Prayer is the title of our series, and this is all about praying this big prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a big prayer. It is a substantial, weighty prayer and we are, we are looking at it phrase by phrase over the course of this series. We're past the halfway point now. This is week four of six. And each week we are looking at a phrase and we're trying to understand, make sure that we understand what that part of the prayer means. And so we talked about our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That was two weeks ago. What does it mean to look at God as our Father and to, to hallow his name? And, and then last week was this, your kingdom come, your will be done. We talked about the implications of that. And this week, we're at the point in the prayer um, where we're praying for our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. So we're going to look at those words in Matthew chapter 6. And we're, we're taking a long look at each of these phrases because Jesus cautioned us to, when we pray, 
to not just heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. That's what he says in the verses right before he gives us the Lord's Prayer. He says, your father knows what you need before you ask. But we want to pray in a meaningful way. And so we're challenging everybody in the church to pray the Lord's Prayer every day. We've got cards out there for you that have the Lord's Prayer on it. So part of that is just learning the words if you've never memorized those words before. But then to at some point every day to make a habit of praying the Lord's Prayer, that's the first part, to mean it while you're praying, that's the second part. And then if you're able to physically, to kneel while you're praying the Lord's Prayer. So Matthew chapter 6 gives us the words for the Lord's Prayer, and it's a short one here. Matthew 6 verse 11, this is our prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. So let's talk about what that part of the prayer means. If you think about it, this is kind of a, a strange thing to pray for. I've got some bread up here that I want to talk about for a moment here. Um, does anyone smell bread, by the way? Okay. There's a bread maker right there. That's the little secret here this morning. And then there's, there's bread. It smells great, right? What a great smell. Um, now, I baked this loaf of bread in that bread machine last night as an experiment to make sure I could pull this off this, today. Um, to pray for bread like that, what a, this is kind of unusual. Like it, Jesus does not say pray for a nice salad, right? Pray for a good, like a steak of some kind. Like to pray for a food is, is interesting. When you, if you're trying to look at this and, is with fresh eyes, that's like, that's kind of an unusual thing to do. Pray for our daily bread. Like Jesus, there's the food pyramid and I know that bread is a part of the food pyramid, but it's not the only thing that, to, to make up a balanced diet, right? And, and by the way, you know the food pyramid's gone and it's now a big circle with like pie pieces and there's different, did you know that? Everything changes. Everything's changing all the time, including the food pyramid. My whole life it's a pyramid and now it's different. Anyway, bread is a side dish in our culture, right? We, this is something we eat on the side. You know, what if you're gluten-free? Do you skip this part of the prayer, by the way? Like, God, I'm gluten-free, so I'll pass on the bread. Bread in the culture that Jesus gave these words in was, is not just a side dish. It was a main part of the meal. And if you look at all the different cultures around the world, bread of some kind, flat breads or, you know, breads made of uh, different kinds of grain make up a part of most cultures in the world, tortillas and, you know, the non bread and things like that. Bread is a part of just about every single culture, bread of some kind of form. And this ends up being a shorthand in the prayer, not just for bread, but for the things that we need today. It is the part of the prayer where we bring our needs to God. We say, God, I have things I need. I need your help with these things. I need your help with, there are challenges I'm facing. There are financial needs I have, concerns I'm bringing to you. And this is the part of the prayer where we are encouraged to bring those things to God. You know, bread is something that's spiritually significant throughout Scripture. If you just typed bread in a Bible search, you will find all kinds of results, and you'll find that it's used to talk about not just bread that you eat or bread that we would consider like a side dish or something, but, but a 
something that is deeply spiritually significant. Jesus in the wilderness, when he's speaking to Satan, who's tempting him and trying to get him to disobey God, and Jesus says to him, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That God's words are like bread for us. It's like sustenance, right? It is how we live. It gives us energy. It gives us life. It's Jesus calls himself the bread of life. He says, I am the bread of life. Of course, Jesus at communion, the Lord's table, when he gathers with his followers, he breaks a piece of bread and he gives it to them and he says, this is my body which is broken for you. And eat this in remembrance of me. Right? There's so much significance to, the, to bread where in, in, in Scripture where it definitely is, means more than just a slice of bread or a piece of toast, right? It's something that's deeply significant. And so this bread in this part of the prayer is, again, the shorthand of the things that we need. James chapter 4 encourages us to bring our requests to God. And it says, in James 4, it says, you have not because you ask not. So if there's something that you're needing or something that you, that, yeah, that you need in your life, we bring these requests to God. And God is good and God hears our requests. And so we're going to look at three points this morning as we go through the message. And the first, the first one's this. Remember that prayer is about more than our needs. Remember that prayer is about more than our needs. And here's where I arrive at this. Let me explain where this is coming from. Remember that prayer is about more than our needs. Prayer includes bringing our needs to God, but that is not the only thing that prayer is for. If you notice the flow of the prayer, where we've been so far in this series, we start by saying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And there's so much depth in that. We're recognizing that it's, the, it's our Father, that collectively this is a prayer that we pray as a part of the people of God. And he's our Father, and we can relate to him that way, and that's an incredible privilege. And we want his name to be hallowed. We want many people to know him and love him. And then we pray for his kingdom. Our, our, our view just... We, we, we look, take in the whole picture of what God is doing in this world and we ask for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we get to this part where we're bringing our physical needs to God. We say, give us this day our daily bread. And then we go on and we pray about other needs, but they're not physical needs, they're spiritual needs. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us and you know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we, our physical needs are mentioned once in this prayer, and it's like the shortest verse out of the whole prayer. We, it's verse 11, and it's short. Give us this day our daily bread. It's the shortest verse we'll look at during the course of this series. And what we often do in our prayer life is we start at verse 11. Right, And that is the consistency, that, that's the, all of our prayers are just verse 11 prayers. Give us this day our daily bread. God, there's things I need, please help me with the things that I need. And, but prayer is about more than just our physical needs. We need to remember that prayer is about connecting with God. Prayer is about re- re- relating to him. Prayer is about worshiping him. You know, prayer is about more than just bringing our needs to God. So don't just crank your prayers to 11, verse 11 in this case, and only talk to God about your needs, right? Let's bring all the full picture of what it means to follow him. And the Lord's Prayer helps us do that. So if you're praying the Lord's Prayer and you're meaning the Lord's Prayer, it is helping us do that. 
So my encouragement to you, if you've been following Jesus for a long time and your needs are the majority of the things that you pray about or it's the only thing you pray about, you are welcome and encouraged to bring your needs to God, but broaden it a little bit. Don't don't just pray about what you need from God. Ask for his help. If you're new to following Jesus, I think Jesus loves to hear any prayers you're going to offer him. I think it's a sign of maturity, though, for prayer life develops to, to something more than just bringing the needs to God. Definitely bring your needs to God, but also worship him. Also thank him. Also pray for his kingdom purposes and, and also pray for your own spiritual needs. We need God's help, and we'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks. The second point uh, of the message this morning is that every good thing in our life is a gift. Every good thing in our life is a gift. The prayer recognizes this by saying, give us this day our daily bread. God, there's things I need from you today. I need bread from you today, daily bread, and I recognize that ultimately that comes from you. You're the one who's giving me the bread. We need to recognize that God is the source of every good thing in your life. James 1 says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Everything you have in your life that is a blessing to you, that is good, good for you, ultimately it comes from God. And we might want to push back at that a little bit. Like, God, I don't need bread from you today because I have bread from my job today. Like, I, I've, got an, I've got a paycheck. I'm all taken care of there. I can buy my own bread, so I don't need your daily bread. And if we think that way or if there's any kind of resistance in our heart when we think about this idea that the good things we have come from God, we need to think about this concept that God is the source of every good thing you have in your life. You might have a job that pays you well, that gives you a comfortable living, and you look at that as the source, but it's not, right? The fact that you live in an economy that's relatively stable where that company that employs you can have some stability enough to have all these employees and and there's not warfare everywhere in our country that keeps those companies from opening and things like that. Like that, God is blessing you in ways that we don't tend to recognize, that he is the source. There might be a channel of blessing that we point to and we say, this is how I experience God's goodness, but ultimately God is the source of all of this. The disciples, when they heard Jesus say this prayer for the first time, Give us this day our daily bread. Can you all still hear me through the speakers? Okay. Was that the bread maker? Is the bread maker exploding? I don't know. Um, When the disciples heard this prayer for the first time, our daily bread, they would have remembered a time that God provided their ancestors with daily bread. Right? They would have remembered the story from their nation's history of manna, of God's miraculous provision of daily bread, literally. Remember the story from the Exodus where the nation of Israel is led out of slavery into freedom, and they're out in the wilderness together, and they're all celebrating and excited, but then they start to get hungry, and they realize that they need food. They're out in the wilderness where there's not abundant provisions for the thousands and thousands of them that there are, and they complain. They said, we used to sit by the meat pots and we used to eat bread to the fill and now we're out here starving. And God responds with this miraculous provision even to their grumbling and he provides the the manna that would fall upon the ground. And so that when they, every day, they would go and collect what they needed. And the Bible said it tasted like wafers with honey. 
They would go collect this manna, and they would collect what they needed for that day. And if they collected more than they thought they needed for that day, like, I'm going to collect some for tomorrow too, because that's cool that God provided today, but I'm not sure about tomorrow. It would spoil. What they would keep would go, would go bad. There it is. Bread's almost ready. Okay. We get it. Yeah, we get it. Hopefully that continues the rest of the sermon. Okay, we're good. The one exception to the rule, do you remember there was an exception to the rule where they could collect two days worth of manna and it would be preserved the Sabbath day. So the one day a week of rest, they could go and collect enough for two days but, and then it would be fine. Now the third point is this, because this idea of this daily bread and a story from their history re- reminds us of this point. Life is best lived one day at a time. Life is best lived one day at a time. Notice that it's daily bread. Why is there a time limit on it? Give us what I need today. Why couldn't they pray, God, I'm going to need bread for like the next week? Can you go ahead and give me like a week at a time worth of bread? God, please uh, give us our weekly bread. Now we're asked to, to pray, give us our daily bread. What I need today. We live our lives one day day at a time, and I'll add some nuance to that in a moment, but later in this same teaching, in Matthew chapter 6, if we went down just a little bit to verse 25, Jesus talks about what we talked about at the beginning of the sermon, worry. And oftentimes our worry is our our heads get too far out ahead of us, so to speak. We begin to think of what's coming in the future, and we get overwhelmed with potential problems, and we begin to feel anxious and worried, and Jesus speaks directly to that after telling people to pray for their daily bread. Let's get to Matthew chapter 6, 25 to 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus tells his followers here, don't worry. This idea that worry is the misuse of your imagination that we opened the sermon with. This is this idea. Don't worry about tomorrow. He says, hey, tomorrow, let let tomorrow worry about its own self. Let's focus on today. Let's seek God's kingdom today. We don't need to go through the cycle of constant what-ifs, but we are welcomed to bring our requests and our worries to God. I mentioned in a sermon earlier this year that I was struck by the number of things that I was concerned about 
and I would be just, just anxious. I'd be feeling like, hey, what's going, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling today? And it's like, oh, I'm worried about something. And I would be pondering about it, and it would affect my just outlook and my mood. And I'd go, like, it just occurred to me that I never prayed about it. Like, I, I cared about it enough to worry about it, but I didn't care enough about it to pray about it. And I was reminded of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, where the Apostle Paul speaking to his friends at the church at Philippi, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So many times we worry, and the worry is just because we're not factoring God into the equation. We're just pondering the what-ifs and the concerns, and we're, we're not inviting him to be a part of it. It's wise to plan ahead. It's, it's wise to put money aside. It's wise to save for retirement. It's wise to um, just make some plans about tomorrow physically, right, to make plans about tomorrow. But it is not wise to plan ahead emotionally. It's not wise to, to go down the path of thinking about the what-ifs and allowing ourselves to be overwhelmed with worry. You ever notice at the end of the day, I remember when I was a young adult, I'd get so discouraged at the end of the day or, or you know, when I was a newlywed, sometimes we'd be feeling some feelings and get into an argument, you know, late at night with my wife. And, and it was just like, I'm overwhelmed with things like thoughts and worries. And it's, it has to do with the fact that I'm concerned about something coming up. And what I should be doing instead is just pray about it and then get some sleep. Because you don't have tomorrow's grace yet. If you have something coming tomorrow that you're concerned about, the Bible says God's mercies are new every morning. And we pray this idea of praying for our daily bread, that God is going to give you what you need tomorrow to deal with what you need to tomorrow. Right? You don't have it yet, so don't act and feel all the emotions based on something that you don't even have yet. God's going to grant you what you need for tomorrow tomorrow. So let's focus on today. Let's think about what we need today. We make our requests and the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Martin Luther put it perfectly. He said, pray and let God worry. Pray and let God worry. Like, God, you can handle this. Whatever it is that's bringing me down or making me feel anxious, I'm going to leave it at your feet. You, you take this one. And I'll focus on what I need to do today and what you're calling me to, to today. Seek God's kingdom first, and then the things that we worry will be added to us. And let's take one day at a time. So remember this morning that prayer is about more than just our needs. Every good thing in our life is a gift, and life is best lived one day at a time. I'm going to close in prayer, and we're going to be celebrating communion together. So I'll talk about that after we pray together. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for these important reminders about what it means to follow you, what it means to trust in you. And Lord, I pray for worried hearts. I pray for um, the anxious feelings that, that many people have based on life or whatever is going on with them. Lord, we pray for your grace. We pray for your help. We pray that you would help us to focus on one day at a time. Help us to trust you today. Help us to trust you tomorrow. And Lord, help us to just know that you are a good God that has good plans for us. We don't need to bear the burdens of weeks at a time ahead of us, Lord, that you are good. We can be wise and plan ahead. But Lord, we, we don't we need to worry about tomorrow. 
So Lord, we thank you for that important reminder, and we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.